And, and when I talk to the people and you give them information in a way they can understand it, they are so excited about the challenge to do better. But we've kept that information from them. We felt that the people that are remote to them sitting in their offices looking at spreadsheets can have the answers to the questions. And it doesn't work that way. So I saw how excited people could get, how we can empower them, how it brings out the most in people. And that started me on my lean journey. Welcome to the American Lean Podcast, where we cover five topics in five days in about five minutes. The only place in the world where you can get daily lean coaching. Your host is Tom Reed, and he shares his 30 years of experience and covers leadership, culture, entrepreneurship, lean methodologies, industry 4.0, and interviews special guests on their lean journey. We're glad you're here. So let's go. So welcome into the American Lean Podcast. It's Friday, so that means we talk with companies on their lean journey. And today I'm lucky enough to be talking with Jerry Solomon, who is, used to be a vice president of Marquee Ward United, which is a large manufacturer of converting equipment for the paper industry, as well as he's an author. He's written a book called... Who's Counting? So he's a fellow author. So welcome in, Jerry. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Tell us about yourself and give us an introduction. Okay, I've spent 40 years in the industry. I'm fortunate. I'm retired right now and have had a lot of chance to reflect on my 40 years. Uh, half of those were at, uh, as a CFO in a number of middle market companies, and the other half were as an operations leader uh, at, at companies. And my background is unique. Uh, you mentioned a book I wrote, Who's Counting? It's a lot about accounting. I'm considered a thought leader in lean accounting, one of the handful that started that whole, uh, I don't want to know if movement's the right word, but, uh, but I'm not a CPA or an accountant. Um, so when I come at all of that, I come from a user perspective because I was a user and because I was frustrated with the information being supplied by the accounting and finance people. Now I, uh, am really an advisor and I teach and hold classes on it. I speak across the country, but don't take it as I don't understand accounting, uh, have an MBA from the University of Chicago with a concentration in finance and accounting, and I started off at corporate finance in a Fortune 500 company. So I know enough about accounting to understand what's helpful to the youth community and what's dangerous, and that's what my focus has been on. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, you know, lean accounting, I, I personally know very little about it, although having been vice president of operations, I get the whole can't get the right information you need. I, I understand that whole perspective from a user perspective. Hopefully, we can get some people engaged in using Lean Accounting. That would be nice. Yep. So, tell us a little about when you were VP of Ops at Marquee Ward United. Can you just give us a little background of what you did from a Lean Journey perspective there? Well, from, from a Lean Journey, uh, the whole gamut. You know, you start at 5S, you do setup reductions and those kinds of things, and then you realize you really need to take this seriously and do a meaningful implementation of Lean in a value stream. So we formed uh, four value streams in our company. And from soup to nuts, uh, we divided up departments like engineering or supply chain and put them into value streams. Okay. And then we took our most critical value stream and we reorganized everything, uh, gave them a separate place in the plant, uh, focused on the key metrics serving the customer, uh, changed all the financial reporting, really empowered people to run the business, put visuals in place, didn't use MRP, brought down the inventory. Uh, and as a result, uh, we really ramped up our growth rate in that section of the business, that value stream. I'd say we 
probably tripled our growth rate on an annual basis. Oh, wow. And again, we're, we're talking a mature industry. So sure. remember, as the industry, I mean, I just, the basis, growth rate in those kinds of industries isn't that great, but we tripled it and we improved the bottom line dramatically. So, and, and I attribute that to uh, a lot of the things we did in really reformulating the value stream, following lean practices, and most of all, empowering the people. What drove you to undertake your lean journey? What was the company facing? Well, it's kind of fancy. We weren't facing any burning platform. That's what made it, to me, even harder. We had no rallying cry from that perspective. The company was doing well, and that's usually not the recipe to get a whole big change input. Right. Uh, but uh, we decided to, uh, I guess, go back to my comment, you know, which we're trying to grow the business, better serve the customers. Uh, and how can we do that best? And we decided we need to really reorganize into value streams and, and change the way we process materials and customer orders through the plant. Along with that long journey, and especially around realigning around value streams, what were some of the biggest struggles or challenges that you faced? Uh, in, in terms of going value stream, you're really changing the organizational structure of the company. When you take someone that's risen over 30 years to be a vice president of a particular department, and they have a, a pretty good span of control, and you're now saying we're going to break that up and your span of control is going to decrease, that's pretty tough to people. Most of the people in senior positions got into those senior positions because they know how the game is played and they know how to play that game very well. Right. And now we're changing all of that, and we're changing the metrics by which people are going to be judged. We're physically changing where people sit. We're moving things to the production floor. So we're changing not only the organizational structure, but we're also changing the culture, the way people behave. That is very difficult, and the more senior you are at a company, the more difficult it is because you have these embedded practices that have gone on for decades. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the status quo is best for them, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they're entrenched in what they do. They're successful at what they do and how they do it. So, and like you said, and, and tell me what's wrong with our business? Why we need to do this? Right. Yeah. Just because you want to do it, Jerry, it doesn't mean we agree. Agree. You mentioned kind of those struggles and getting people to change, and and sounds like that was the impetus for you to write your book. Well, my impetus, my book. Believe it or not, it's two thousand twenty. It. I think it was published in, what, 2001, 2002, which means I started thinking about writing it in 1998, uh, before any of that was even done. And when I go and look at the book today, nothing has changed. Really been on this journey since the mid-80s, before I even knew how to spell the word lean or what lean was. And and, and it goes back, uh, really, Tom, in the 1980s, I was um, the CFO of uh, a heavy manufacturing company and got a new president. Manufacturing wasn't doing that great. And the president said, Jerry, I'd like you to take charge of operations. I'd like you to be in charge of operations. And that was a little shock to me. Right. You know, and it was a, an awakening for me. You know, up to this point, I've been, I had been providing a product to manufacture. And that product was financial information. They were my customer. So now I moved from the supplier of that product to the customer of that product. And I realized that that product did not serve the customers very well. Sure. did a great job for the board of directors. We had venture capital. did a great job for them. It did a great job for the banks. But the people that can make a difference, the people that add value every single day, it was no use to them. And so I started playing with looking at the data completely differently. And if you want, I could give you an example. And this example really set me on my journey. 
we had a, a, a foundry, only new foundry in uh, New England in decades. We were pouring gray iron, and they had just gotten a consultant in to figure out when we make a part in this foundry, you know, you, you pour the iron into the patterns. There's multiple parts on each pattern. Uh, but one of our big costs, you're talking in the 80s in New England, was electricity. Yep. The cost accountant consultants came up with a great way, not a great way, they thought it was a great way, to allocate the cost of electricity based on the number of pounds uh, in being poured into the patterns. Uh, so you can allocate it by part, etc. Now, that seemed great, except we were seasonal business. Sure. If you understand the power bills, which no one did, you know, when we're not operating at a very high uh, percentage of capacity, we're throwing big negative variances or, or unfavorable variances, I should say, and vice versa when we're in season. They're taking the, the electric cost, which was millions of dollars, and spreading it like peanut butter, and no one understood it. We got the people that really dealt with this on a day-to-day and taught them what an electrical bill consisted of, how there's the man charges, usage charges, time of day, seasons, peak, intermediate, a whole host of things the power company puts in there to keep you confused. Um, we also had the power company come in and measure the consumption and the demand draw uh, during the course of typical days. And I just shared that information. All of this was done with the people that operated the machines. And when I shared that information, and they fully understood it, they said, Jerry, we're just going to do a few things. And we're going to change the way we start the shift. Instead of coming in at 6 a.m., pressing the go button on the heavy machinery that consumed the most electricity, we're going to stagger at the start of our shift. We put a light bulb on. It's red when we're starting up our machine. When it's uh, going full bore, it's green. We're going to sequence the startup of these four big pieces of equipment by 10 minutes. So they staggered the start. So they went out and bought the four light bulbs, spent a few bucks, and for that they saved $250,000. Wow, that's great. Fantastic story. And, and when I talk to the people and you give them information in a way they can understand it, they are so excited about the challenge to do better. But we've kept that information from them. We felt that the people that are remote to them sitting in their offices looking at spreadsheets can have the answers to the questions. And it doesn't work that way. So I saw how excited people could get, how we can empower them, how it brings out the most in people. And that started me on my lean journey. Great, great impetus there. But if you want, you know, I could give you what lean accounting is. Yeah, please. I'm going to assume that probably not everybody in our audience knows much about it. You know, what lean accounting is from your perspective and how you manage it and how it's benefited companies that you've worked with. Well, lean accounting really consists of two parts. We combined it under the heading lean accounting. But accounting has a role of operating an accounting department as well as keeping score of a business. There's lean accounting is no different than lean manufacturing or lean product development or lean whatever. Lean accounting is applying the principles of lean to make the accounting department as efficient as it can be and empowering the people to change the processes in the accounting department. The other half of lean accounting is called accounting for lean. And that's where you have to change your accounting scorecard for the business to make what we call a plain English scorecard or a plain English profit and loss statement so that everyone in the company understands how to read the P&L. 
They understand it. They understand how their actions change the numbers on there, what they have to do to improve, etc. It gets very much away from our standard cost accounting with variances and absorption and those types of things and goes to value stream costing and a very different display of the plain English P&L. It conforms to generally accepted accounting principles and all of those things. It's accepted by auditors. Numbers of companies do it. We had Ernst & Young, uh, not a problem. But it will change the way everything looks. And I just want to take one step back, if I might, Tom. Sure, absolutely. And that is when you think of any company, any manufacturing company, of the total headcount, perhaps two to three, or maybe at the most, 4% of the people are accountants. And yet they're sharing information with the other 96, 97% of the company. Unfortunately, even those two, three, or 4% in accounting, if I quiz them on some of the things on the P&L and how the variances are calculated and where the source data come from, they don't understand it. Right. It's been a routine that's developed over time, etc. Yet they expect the other 96 to 98% of the company to understand that when they don't fully understand it. From a lean perspective, we think that's disrespectful. It is. We think it's totally disrespectful, and we need to put that information in the format that's readily understand by the user community. So when you take lean and one of the main pillars of people is respect for lean, we just don't believe accountants have been in respecting the needs of the user community. So that kind of all comes together to really define what lean accounting okay. is. Okay, yeah, very good. In my book, The Lean Game Plan, I talk about how we present information and, and getting information in a format that operators can A, understand, and B, understand how the impact of what they do moves the needle on those KPIs. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the exact same thing, right? We, we've got yeah. to put it in information that people can understand, that they can engage around, so they know how to move the needle to make improvements. Exactly. They want to know how to win. Yep, absolutely. They need, they need information not once a month in arrears. They need it daily. They need it right at the point of where the work is being done, and they need to gather it. Fantastic, Jerry. So let's just wrap up. Tell us a little bit about the best ways to get a hold of you, and we'll call it a day. Okay, well, my email is jerry with a J, J E R R Y, M as in Michael, Solomon, S O L O M O N, at gmail.com. And then where can we find your books? Because I know you have more than one. Yes, they're available on Amazon. I had three books. Who's Counting is a novel written sort of like The Goal. It's an easy read, but I think it's by far the most popular. Uh, then we have Leading Lean. It's going through a Kaizen event hour by hour. And then we have Accounting for World-Class Operations, which really goes through the entire process of how we transition to financial statements. And I have a co-author that's a professor of accounting, so it's more along the lines of a textbook than, than a novel like my two other books. Right. And they're all available on Amazon. Awesome. Well, we look. I'm actually reading Who's Counting right now, and I really enjoyed it. It's a great book. I love the novel. The book I've written, the goal was was my reason for writing the book in the way I did, because mine's also a novel. So outstanding. What bothered me, Tom, as a personal aside, is I found out uh, when Eli Goldratt wrote The Goal, he had a ghostwriter. Oh. So I'm sure you and I took the pains of doing it all ourselves. No, I did. I wrote 68,000 words on my own. Oh, well. That's okay. His message is very good, and it's great for the Lean community. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great book for everybody to learn on. Oh, it's the best. When I was given that job to go to 
operations for the first time, the president didn't tell me, and here's a book to go. Good. You'll, you'll need it. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. You've had a lot of value for the audience, and it's been great talking to you. Hey, my pleasure. And good luck on your lean journey. Everyone. Thank you. Yep. Have a great one. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we are honored to serve you and we hope that you and your company are getting a little bit better every day. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast and share it with others in the lean and business community. If you'd like to turbocharge your lean efforts, please visit us at AmericanLean.com.